The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Big Six Podcast. We're looking at week 10 of the NFL season today. Katie Mox here, joined, of course, with Will Brinson and Sportsline's finest RJ White and Alex Selznick, a.k.a. Prop Stars. This episode of Pick 6 is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. If you like winning picks, make sure to sign up at sportsline.com and use the promo code PICK, P-I-C-K, to get your first month for just $1. The last episode in the feed, Brinson, Lije, and BMAC looked at quarterback comebacks and made some bold predictions for the second half of the NFL season. Check it out on our YouTube channel or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Oh, fellas, last week was a rough one uh, for anyone not named Prop Stars. We all ended up going below 500 for the week, except for you, Proppy. You went three and one. Let's take a look at the overall. Um, yeah, so it's not, not great for Mox. I happened to miss the week where everybody went gangbusters and got themselves above 500. I'm 21 and 30. Brinson, uh, you're tied up there 24, 24 and one. Uh, I'm, the Jack, I'm Jack Bauer, basically. You're, yeah, you are. Yeah, this is the Jack Bauer week for you. We'll see how you go. Um, RJ, obviously, is starting to kill it now, 21 and 28, and uh, Prop Stars. Prop Stars, you somehow have the least amount of bets. Is it because on Thursdays there just aren't as many props available for you? Yeah, there's just uh, – yeah, precisely that, Katie. Not that many props out. Uh, a lot of the props that are out, we're still kind of waiting on more information, so I try to be pretty conservative uh, as far as uh, the picks that I offer uh, to this show. But, yeah, it was a good week last week. Uh, I think the race is completely wide open here from this point forward, so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, who takes it down. And prop stars, if you do want to see more of your picks, obviously sportsline.com. Again, y'all, we you get that uh, promo code pick for just $1. But you do have an article that you put out that really breaks down all the games with all of your props. I do indeed, Katie. I also have every single best bet across every single uh, appearance that I make, both here, uh, also with the early edge as well. So you'll likely see between 15 to 20 picks uh, on average up on the site for me, just in NFL alone. Never heard of the early edge. 
I'll note that this is a football podcast, but Alex is crushing it on basketball props to start the season. So go check out his NBA props because uh, those are the things you want to follow. We put one in this morning and I immediately jumped on it too because I'm I'm just following him at this point. And and I do want to point out that uh, the prop that I put out this morning has already had three points of closing line value for a basketball prop. It's Giannis's points, uh, Brinson. Oh, did you do the under? Over, over against the Pacers, yeah. Okay. Nice. All right. Well, again, sign up on sportsline.com. Use the promo code PIG. Get your first month for just $1. Fellas, we got to get through all of the games today. So let's get right into it. Please note, if you guys are reading or, excuse me, watching this tomorrow, that this is about 2 p.m. on Thursday. All of these lines are subject to change all the way up until kickoff. Uh, we're hitting these about 2 p.m. on Thursday. So make sure you check with your book before you are tailing. First game we're going to talk about is Colts. At the Patriots, uh, I mean, I guess, because this is in Germany, so uh, the New England or the Germany Patriots, this total 43 and a half uh, Colts laying one and a half. I'm not seeing any best bets from us on this one, but RJ, do you want to just give us your take on this game? Yeah, this game's closer to old England than New England. Um, (laughs) I I, I guess they kind of have home field advantage there. Look ahead was New England minus one. Opinion on my my opinion on these teams hasn't really changed based on what happened last week. So I'm surprised this line has swung as far as it has to the Colts. It was embarrassing New England loss, but their offense did average 5.2 yards per play, despite the the limited receivers they have. And it's not like the Colts defense is playing very well either. The Patriots defense second in yards per rush, and that's what the Colts are wanting to do with Jonathan Taylor here. And I think putting the game on Minshew's arm is ideal if you're the Patriots. Indy just had 3.5 yards per play in that quote-unquote blowout win, so they they didn't play well offensively in that game. I think catching points is what you want to do in this game, and I actually think New England wins, so I would lean to New England here at plus one and a half. Yeah, same uh, same lean to New England for me. I think the one thing that stands out for this game in particular is that the total is 43 and a half. I mean, that's a big number for a New England offense that hadn't done much of anything at all. And, and a Colts offense, as RJ's pointed out, is more than willing to turn the ball over. Um, yeah, I think that what might be happening here, too, is we saw two weeks ago the Colts get lit up by the deep ball by Derek Carr and have a lot of success in that passing game against the Colts. And then the Panthers didn't do anything. The longest play uh, by the Panthers in the passing game until the 48-yard catch by Hayden Hurst was 11 yards. That's not good. Uh, so, and I think that's probably more a byproduct of the Panthers' struggles to get push the ball downfield to protect Bryce Young than it is the Colts, like getting Gus Bradley magically fixing that defense. So, I would lean towards uh, New England as well and think that they can actually have some. Mac Jones maybe has some success in the passing game here. Uh, two things I wanted to hit on quickly is both backfields. Ramondre Stevenson finally starting to show some uh, glimpses of life. Obviously, a really tough start to his season. A lot of people, myself included, were high on him coming into the year. Uh, it's tough offense. Offensive line has done him no favors. But he's looking uh, more like the Ramondre Stevenson that we saw have the breakout season last year. And then looking at this Colts backfield, uh, we see a big number as far as Jonathan Taylor's prop is concerned. An itty-bitty tiny number of for Zach Moss, I'm not so sure that Zach Moss is suddenly going to be a distant second uh, from Jonathan Taylor. Zach Moss has performed phenomenally all year long. Last week, obviously, was a bit of a dud for him against the Panthers. But this looks like a spot where Moss could potentially be more involved, getting a massive discount on his rushing and combo line as well. So he's someone I have my eye on potentially in this matchup that should produce some positive or at least neutral uh, game script where the Colts should run the football quite a bit. So plenty of touches for both of those guys, in my opinion. 
game we do have lots of bets on, or a couple of bets on. The San Francisco 49ers off of their bye, mm. headed east to play the Jacksonville Jaguars off of their bye. The Niners are three-point road favorites. And the total 45 and a half Jacksonville at six and two, the three seed currently in the AFC and the Niners at five and three, currently the three seed in the NFC. So a lot at stake here when you, you know, you look and see that you have Houston at four and four kind of nipping at the Jaguars heels a bit. Um, maybe the Colts and the, and the Titans team, if the Colts win and they're five and five um, coming out of that morning game, that's a little bit of added pressure too. And then of course, Seattle at five and three right there with the 49ers uh, before Seattle's lost in Baltimore. They were in first place in that division. I got the Jags, baby. Jaguars plus three Trevor Lawrence. I was, I was came up with Dougie P off the bye, sort of like Andy Reid off the bye, Dougie P off the bye. Yeah. But then I would have looked at Doug Peterson's not that great off the bye. <laughs> 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 so I'm not sure that that's going to be applicable. Um, you know, in 2017, when he had a really good team, he, he had a great – and, like, it's, it's tough. Like, looking back on him, a lot of more division games, you know, you get the Cowboys off the bye. So, it's like, it's – you know, those are just a little bit harder to, like, take advantage of the extra week since you, your opponent has a lot of familiarity with you. Uh, and so – like one of the games was the Giants, so I, I don't put too much stock into it. I do think uh, this Jaguars team is rounding into into good form, and I like the Jags catching three at home. Duval. Yeah, look, I hope the 49ers win this game, but I, I don't know. I am going to take them, however, to bounce back offensively. So I took the Niners team total over twenty three and a half. It catched for me for five straight weeks, and then the last three weeks have been brutal. Uh, for the 49ers, losing three straight games, failing to score more than 17 points in all three of those losses. However, you know, prior to that, San Francisco routinely scoring over 30 points per game. The defense should improve with Chase Young in that front and create more pressure and trouble for Trevor Lawrence. And why I think this is key to the Niners' success offensively is that Brock Purdy's kryptonite seems to be when they are trailing behind um, in the second half. So if the defense can do their job, I think it's going to help Brock Purdy a lot here. Obviously, Debo Samuel coming back into the lineup is going to be huge as well. And then uh, Christian McCaffrey for a touchdown am i am i stat padding here to get my numbers up yeah maybe okay but christian mccaffrey has scored well, a touchdown well, what's the juice on any time touchdown doesn't matter it doesn't matter it like minus game. 210 or something it doesn't matter well first of all if you were to bet christian mccaffrey every single week for a touchdown you would be up something i can't remember what it was it was like forty thousand dollars something crazy if you were kind of uh doubling it up every time but it doesn't matter <laughs> in this game because, here. <laughs> but but y'all y'all have told me before not to lay the point but to take or not to take the money line to lay the points because of the thing of this game. So look, I'm playing a chess or, or what is it? Chess, not checkers here. But I will say, and props, you tell me what you think about this. This could be a fun one of those like ladder props. Say you take Christian McCaffrey for the first touchdown. He's done that multiple times this year. Then you take him for one touchdown and then you take him for two touchdowns because he's had two touchdowns in the last two games. So just for funsy, might want to ladder that, but uh, take him for a touchdown. RJ, are you going to, RJ, are you going to let this fly? Yeah. Um, if it was you, no. <laughs> I actually check the odds, guys. It's, it's uh, minus twenty two hundred. Minus twenty two hundred. It's been higher. It's been like minus two seventy before. So we're getting some value here. Yeah, and she can have a, a Cowboys money line later if she wants to. <laughs> no, but I am going to lay sixteen and a half, RJ. All right. Uh, moving on here, the Saints laying three at the Vikings. This total forty and a half. Uh, RJ, Josh Dobbs. 
Yeah, I'm glad this line's up to three now. I'm waiting. I was holding out for it to get to three, and then I'm on best bet. Minnesota plus three. Bonkers what jo- do- Josh Dobbs did with no prep. That Minnesota right. offense now has life the rest of the year. They didn't really, if, if Jaron Hall was going to be the starter, and even Nick Mullins coming back, I didn't have a lot of faith in. Minnesota's defense, very underrated. I keep harping on that week after week. Held Atlanta under 40 yards on 11 of their 13 drives. Even though the yards per play wasn't great, still they were not letting them get deep into their own territory there. Um, New Orleans had trouble putting away Chicago despite a plus five turnover margin. If, it, if a team's giving you plus five turnovers, you have to win that game running away, and they just didn't. They left them, let them hang around the whole game. The New Orleans offense spent the end entire fourth quarter in Chicago territory and ended up with just seven points. They had one drive all game over 45 yards. This is not a team that's playing well to me, and they should not be favored by three on the road against a respectable team. And with Dobbs, I think the Vikings are a respectable team. So I understand why the line opened um, at at where it did, but it should have been coming down because I think Minnesota might be the better team here. So plus three on Minnesota is an easy call for me. There's a great stat here from uh, Benjamin Solak. Uh, friend of the pod, I believe, who is, uh, I think he's been, been on the pod. He uh, works at The Ringer, uh, theringer.com. Um, the Vikings this season, he, he broke it down. He broke down all all snaps by six man, six, six man or more pressures. In other words, like hyper-aggressive blitzes where you're sending six guys in the quarterback. The Vikings, so the second place team is at, it's the Patriots at around... 11 or 12 percent. Does anyone want to guess what the Vikings percentage is at? I don't know if you saw this number or not. Um, high 30s, 35, 38, 30 even. It's 30 percent even. 30 percent of the time, Brian Flores is sending six plus dudes. Now, I worry a little bit that Alvin Kamara and Chris Olave, and uh, I think Michael Thomas is good to go for this one, are are like nice kind of uh pressure valve options where they you know Derek Carr can get the ball out quickly, but. I don't trust in the Saints offense to be prepared for this Brian Flores defense and all the different variety and aggressive stuff that he's going to bring. I mean, he's being a lunatic in what he's sending after quarterbacks. <laughs> and Derek Carr under pressure is the, the reason I'm blocked by the whole Carr family on Twitter is because I tweeted out a picture of Derek Carr just like gr- like dirty throwing a ball on the turf on a, on a fourth down, like play his brother's like, it was a screen. Everyone knows that. No, what David, what are you talking about? Um, so like, I, I don't, I don't think that this kind of aggressive blitz pressure is going to benefit Derek Carr very much. If, if Pete Carbock on the offense adjust and like start to just dump it off to Alvin Kamara, like crazy, then, then maybe they can alleviate a little bit. But I think the Vikings defense is playing like a top, maybe five unit. It's been top 10 as we, we talked about last week. Um, and so, man, Derek, what's Derek Carr anytime interception? That might oh. be something. That might be my that be my my Christian yeah. McCaffrey counter. Katie here, huh? <laughs> hey, hey, there's no rules against it. You want to make a rule next week? By all means. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I was I, I didn't I hadn't looked it up, but I yeah I, I like the Vikings. I like the Vikings catching um catching plus three. I think that's a pretty good look as well. I will say on that pressure rate too, they were very, they were even higher than that the first few weeks of the season. And then it came a situation where it was, I can't remember which team, but it was a team you don't want to blitz that much. And they scaled it back some. So he it's not like he's just one, one trick pony, you know, he's willing to adjust depending on the matchups and, and play to people's weaknesses too. So um, I don't, I, I think even though the, the long-term number might be a certain way, you can't expect it. And you can't just simply prepare for that as an offense because they could dial it back sometimes. I think it was uh, Kansas City in that Week Five game where they lost twenty seven twenty, where you just can't you just can't blitz Mahomes or he's, he'll destroy right. you. Um, and they had beaten they, they were zero three, beat Carolina, lost to Kansas City, and then their last four games, 
Bears, 13 points scored. 49ers, 17. Packers, 10. And then you have a crazy 28 points for the Falcons. Again, this is a team that's got three winnable games in, in front of them. And, like, it, it, the defense can carry it. Josh Dobbs just sort of, you know, makes it work. Very interesting team here. Fandle doesn't have any passing props up right now. It's off the board. That. So, check later for the Derek yeah. Carr reception. The Tennessee Titans at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Watch out. It's a scorcher. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, my God, the Titans are – this is just – it's not It's not the prettiest It's not the prettiest game in the world. The Titans uh, – although, we, you know, we did see Tampa Bay involved in a massive shootout against yeah. C.J. Stroud last week. The total here at 38.5 belies a less than a shootout with the under-juiced uh, and Tampa Bay favored by 1.5. But, I mean, I don't know. Will Levis – could maybe do what what we saw, um, maybe do what we saw CJ Stroud do, or maybe not quite that, but something oh. decent enough to hit the over on his passing yards, RJ. Yeah, I don't get this total. Le- Levis was solid against Pittsburgh. It was a tough spot. His first road start, short week of prep, and, and he did a solid job there. Um, I know they didn't win the game, didn't score a ton of points, but it's not like he embarrassed himself. You know, did embarrass himself was Tampa Bay's defense against C.J. Stroud. They're now 31st yeah. in yards per pass, 31st on third down. Tennessee's defense also worse against the pass than the run. Tampa Bay's offense, pass offense coming off a good day, you know, that gets overlooked because of how great C.J. Stroud was, but they actually did really well passing the ball too. I don't understand why this total is so low. This seems to me like it needs to be 40. Tampa Bay's allowed 20 plus points three of their last four. And the outlier there was that Atlanta game that where Atlanta fumbled three times inside the 10 yard line. They should have scored a lot more than they did. Tennessee's allowed 20 plus and four straight, including to that pedestrian Pittsburgh offense last week. So I think over 38 and a half is a play for me. Um, you know, I loved it at 38. I'll still play it at 38 and a half because it should be 40. And then I have Will Levis over 220 and a half pass yards. He's had 500 yards his first two games. This is a situation where he's playing the easiest defense he has in those two games. Should hit some long balls here. Even if he doesn't have a ton of attempts, I think he's going to get to this number pretty easily. Well, I like that, uh, RJ, because I'm taking him, uh, or at least uh, Hopkins, D-Hop, for his longest reception over 22 and a half yards at minus 109. Look, like everyone has said already, C.J. Stroud absolutely lit them up 470 yards last week. But of those yards, it included eight completions of 21 plus yards. Like you said, Bucks 26th in defensive dropback, uh, EPA 31st in passing yards per game. And uh, Diop has caught at least one pass of 20 plus yards in each of the last six games with seven receptions of 25 plus within that span. So if Will Levis is getting 220 and a half over, uh, Diop's got to have a one at least 23 yards. Next up, Cleveland Browns at the Ravens. This one's kind of an interesting one. Ravens link six and a half. This total 38 and a half. Um, prop stars, talk to us about some props you like in this one. Yeah, two props I like in this one, Katie, starting with uh, one of my favorite players, Mark Andrews, a guy that uh, I have been backing pretty much all season long, getting an incredibly low number on him uh, by and large part because of the strength of this Cleveland defense, but going over 45 and a half receiving yards. Uh, it's not for Travis Kelsey. It's Mark Andrews having just the best season of any tight end in football, just a model of consistency. He's had at least 40 receiving yards in every single game this season. He's eclipsed this in five of his last six, really coming on strong lately. Uh, his first read target rate is higher than any tight end in football besides Kelsey. He has the, the best route participation of any tight end in the NFL, running a drop, uh, running a route on every single Lamar dropback. We've seen Lamar's completion 
percentage in this Todd Munkin offense just skyrocket as well. So I have a lot of confidence, even in a tough matchup, uh, that Mark Andrews will continue to function as a you know, the primary target for Lamar Jackson. So like him quite a bit to go over 45 and a half receiving yards. And then a player kind of going in the opposite direction is Arrow pointing down. I'm talking about Elijah Moore under 33 and a half receiving yards. This guy's failed to eclipse this in four of his last five games. Early on in the season, they were really trying to manufacture him touches, getting him a, a lot of volume, throwing him passes near the line of scrimmage, getting him involved with end arounds. Uh, it just really has not resulted in any sort of efficiency. It's been one of the least efficient starting wide receivers in the NFL. His target share is plummeting. We know uh, Deshaun Watson is not 100% right now either. Uh, and then the, on top of that, it's just a very difficult matchup against arguably the best defense in the NFL right now. So I think it's a very good spot to fade Elijah Moore under 33 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, I know RJ and I both have the Ravens as a best bet, which should make me feel good and RJ feel bad. But the Ravens have <laughs> won three straight games against teams with a winning record by 24-plus points. I mentioned the stat earlier in the week uh, coming out of last week when they, they beat the crap out of the Seahawks. Um, one of the teams they beat previously was the, were those Cleveland Browns. Now, the Browns didn't have Deshaun Watson starting, but the Browns also had Jedrick Wills in the in 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 their offensive line like they've had dealt with some serious injuries to that offensive line and Deshaun Watson like the way that I mean give Mike McDonald credit this this Ravens pass rush is getting home like it's not supposed to be wasn't supposed to be a team that could generate a pass rush and, and they're doing it and I think Deshaun the way Deshaun Watson plays running around holding the ball trying to force something to happen particularly if the Ravens could get a lead and start to run the ball effectively, uh, Keaton Mitchell came in and had an enormous week. I was shot. I got him in a ton of fantasy leagues. I was really surprised. I thought he'd be more, people would be more interested in grabbing him. Uh, he is an explosive runner. Watched him a lot at East Carolina. Terrified me when he, when he played us, uh, when he played NC State. And I think adding him to the mix with Justice Hill and Gus Edwards gives you some, uh, some really nice variety in how they can run and what they can do. This Todd Munkin offense is, is working really well with Lamar. He's the MVP favorite, as we told you he would be a couple weeks ago. And, RJ, I just think um, the Ravens take care of business here and force Deshaun Watson to do a couple of turnovers that gives him very good field position. Yeah, both these teams are off dominant wins, but one was against Seattle, who we think is a playoff team. The other was against Clayton Toon, who's a Roger Rabbit character. Um, so <laughs> I, 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 you have to grade those a little bit differently. Roger Cleveland's Rabbit. offense was not great in the win. You know, I think you see, look at the score and you figure, oh, you know, they, Deshaun Watson's back. They're humming along. 4.6 yards per play in that game. The run game's struggling. Now, Jedrick Wills, like you said, out. Left tackle joins uh, Conklin on the shelf. So that offensive line is, is way down from what we expect them to be coming into the season, which is always one of the top lines in the league. Baltimore defense first in yards per play first in yards per pass they scored 28 on Cleveland's good defense in the first meeting which you know I know Cleveland's one of the best defenses in the league but some some weeks they don't play like it uh, pre previous to that Arizona game they gave up over six yards per play to their last two opponents and this is a versatile offense that's tough to stop so I don't know that they're just going to come in and shut down Baltimore in this game I have Cleveland rated at zero right now and my power ratings dead average and I think that's pretty generous and I would still make this line seven and a half so Baltimore minus six and a half pretty easy call for me we got it at five and a half on sports line beginning of the week because we knew this line was going to shoot up there's no way this should be less than six and I actually think it should be at least seven yeah we talked about it on the uh, Monday early odds show as well is that what you were going to say, Prop? I was just going to pat myself on the back a little bit, Katie. <laughs> that was my selection uh, for the uh, anticipation game that we play on the Monday show.
Absolutely. I had somebody, somebody pumped fake, you know, Cardinals Falcons, the Senate had already moved. I, I remember I saw it. I was like, ha, ha, ha. I got it. I looked. I was like, hadn't budge. <laughs> do me any good. Uh, all right. Well, y'all don't budge either. We're going to take a quick break here. More games when we come back. Plus, the pick six parlay hasn't hit yet, but this week is different. Stick around. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's time for the Pick 6 Parlay, where we each select a game of a four-leg Moneyline Parlay, but there are some rules. First, the person with the best record, which is Prop Stars, this week um, gets to add the first leg, then second place or second, and so on, which means I go last yet again. Uh, ties are broken by the season record, and the second is by the end. We all have to have at least one plus money pick in there. That's right. There must be one dog. The Pick 6 Parlay segment is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Last week, the dogs let us down on the parlay. Panthers plus 116, Saints minus 360, Browns minus 375, and the Bills ugh, plus 108. Um, Panthers upset the Lightning but didn't strike twice, and the Bills just couldn't get by the Bengals, which hurt my pocket quite a bit. All right, prop stars. You, you taking Dallas off the board here? Uh, I know it's the obvious choice. I did want to clarify something. Does uh, do does Monday Night Football games qualify for this? It's all Is it all week? 10 bets. Harry, or, uh, I don't know. I think we're sticking to Sunday. I think this is Sunday only. Okay. So I was going to maybe pivot off of uh, Dallas and go with Buffalo. But since I can't do that, I will stick with the chalk. Just get us the automatic, hopefully the automatic W. And uh, <laughs> I'll go minus 1200 on the Dallas money line. 1200? What do you see? I see minus 2200 on FanDuel right now. Uh, I think on DraftKings, I saw it minus 1200. Well, unfortunately, this is the FanDuel parlay. So I think we'll have to. I apologize. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, hey, look, minus 2200 is what it is on there. Um, I think it's it's up to 17 and a half. Oh. I was like, I was joking with, I was joking with Katie. It's like, what are we going to early odds? We're going to give out Dallas, like bet them now. It's like, maybe we should have it's moved to all points. Yeah. Um, and I still, I mean, I still wouldn't even, you couldn't talk me to taking the giants. Uh, I'll go right back to what I mentioned before with the Ravens and take the Ravens minus two ninety five. Obviously I would have taken the Cowboys. I, 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 like if, if, if Alex had been like, well, I don't want to be a coward here. I already had the, like, I'm, I'm not. I'm not scared to be a coward. It was ready to take the Cowboys. Uh, so RJ, you gonna you gonna leave Katie hanging with a dog? A choice to take a dog again this week? Well, I'm down to two two possibilities here. The Bengals would be one. We don't know what their receiver situation is going to look like. We, we, uh, we're talking about that in a second. Just for yeah, I was gonna say uh, T Higgins was not practicing on Wednesday or Thursday. Excuse me. Jamar Chase came out there in a jersey and was out there, but I don't know how how much he was practicing. So I think that that's a solid one for the value. I think I'm going to go with the dog and go Vikings plus 122. I talked them up earlier. I think that they should be favored in this game. I think they're a better team than New Orleans now that they have a competent quarterback under center moving forward. And it's not the rookie that, that we didn't know what to expect there. And their defense is the best unit in this game. Um, so even if Justin Jefferson isn't back, I think they win this game. So I'm taking them plus 122. It's just too good value to pass up. So just so you know, Katie, um, <laughs> yes, that, well, no, I'm saying that we are already at plus 210. Even with that Cowboys pick, wow. that's pretty that's wild to me. 
That is wild. It's like two to one odds. I feel like I feel like we used to do like three like against the spread parlays in college. You get like well, I guess you get five to one, so I guess that checks out. But like, um, yeah. So we're at two to one already. So you don't have to be a hero here or do anything crazy. Um, you could put your your Niners on the line. I could. What's money line Niners? Well, no, I'm last. Has everyone already right. gone? Yeah, yeah, we got Cowboys. Oh, oh, I was like waiting for somebody else to go. Um, I will take. Wait, so who do we have? We have uh, Cowboys from prop. I took the yeah. Ravens, and RJ took the Vikings. So we have our dog in place. So you, anything is I'll... open on the board. Ooh. Uh, um, just for, for 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 reference point, the Seahawks at minus three hundred. And the Bengals at minus 300, both six and a half right. point favorites currently. And, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm deciding between right now. Um, I'll go Seahawks. All right. Yes. Seahawks. It okay. Is. Prop likes it. I love it. Okay. Three, I love, I, plus, plus 314 for the full parlay there. Go ahead, I'm going to, I'm going to call it now, Princeton. And we're going to, we're going to hit this this week. This is our best one yet. I love oh. it. So exciting. All right. This pick six parlay segment was brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Make sure you tail that one because this is the winning one. Cowboys going to lose it. That would be a tough. No, please. Because I'm, I'm playing. If the Cowboys lose that one to the Giants. Well, they, they lost that crazy one to the Cardinals. They lost the Cardinals. That's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could, all, you could lose to Tommy DeVito. I said, if you lose to Tommy DeVito. And the and the Cardinals as a fourteen and a half point road favorite in the same season, the you yeah. you yeah. you automatically forfeit your playoff berth to the Minnesota Vikings and and Josh Jobs or maybe to Clayton <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe to Clayton Tune. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, any any hue the Texans at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals minus six and a half over under forty seven. Of course, the Texans coming off a wild win over the Buccaneers in which CJ Stroud broke the record for most passing yards by a rookie in a single game. D'Amico Ryan's a shout out to be the prohibitive favorite for coach of the year in most spots, I believe. And Joe Burrow and the Bengals surging with a Monday night football win back into, I mean, the playoff conversation Burrow's back in the MVP conversation since he's back in the divisional race as well. I mean, it's, it is crazy to think how low things were at one point, like just four weeks ago, and now the Bengals six and a half point favorites at home. Katie, you have a bet on the Texans. I do. Obviously, great game for them. One. Yeah, great game for them last week. I think they kind of come crashing down to reality uh, this week. Uh, and the Bengals, I obviously bet against the Bengals last week. I have since learned my lesson. So I'm taking the Texans team total under 20 and a half because this Bengals defense has been amazing. Very stout. Held the Bills just 18 points. Held my 49ers to 17 points just the previous week. In fact, the Bengals have not allowed any team to score over 20 points in their last four games during their winning streak. And despite last week, the Texans have had some offensive struggles, particularly when they're not at home. Three of four road games, um, they failed to get over 20 points. So I feel like C.J. Stroud's going to be in for a little bit more of a rough ride than last week. So I'll take them under their team total. Yeah, this is definitely a, a course correction here. You, you're, you're getting them at the fading them at the peak of their value coming off that game. Everybody's going to want to be on the Texans. We saw that because his line was seven and it's dropped. And some of that might be the tied to the Bengals injury, um, you know, at receiver, not knowing who's going to play there. Um, but they, the Houston still has no run game. 
since he's defense 31st in yards per play on the season, but like you said, way better the last three, four weeks. How three projected playoff teams under 20, not just, you know, talking about their recent streak. I mean, we think all three of the teams that they held under 20, they're going to make the playoffs. Houston's defense much better against the run. That doesn't help you against Jamar Chase if he plays and T. Higgins if he plays. And even if they don't, I think uh, Tyler Boyd and the rest of that team is going to have some success there. I don't know how you stop Burrow with how well he's playing. You worry about the backdoor cover with a team as good passing offensively as the Texans, but I think this line should be since he minus eight. So I would lean to Cincy here. Okay. Uh, wor- on. Yep. I would say it was just real quick, worth noting too, on that yards per play for the, for the full season with Cincinnati and that defense 24, three loss to the Browns in week one, 27, 24 loss to the Ravens in week two, 27, three loss to the Titans in week four. So you have multiple situations where Joe Burrow was playing hurt. The Bengals offense couldn't get going and teams were able to run effectively against Cincinnati mm-hmm. with big leads. And so that that's really probably more it than anything else. That makes a lot of sense. Now for a not-so-exciting game, but we've got a few plays on it. The Green Bay Packers at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers laying three, this total 38 and a half. It's gross, but Brinson, you and I are on the same side. I'll let you give the analysis. Yeah, I mean, I I like the Steelers in this spot. I don't, I don't, there's nothing, I mean, we we go over this every week, like several times per week, how much I love Matt Canada's shots. Like, just like, he's like, it's on the sideline now. Can't believe that's a touchdown. Like he can't literally cannot believe this play that he didn't call ends up going for a touchdown and everybody's giving him credit for it. He's like, cool, cool, cool. That sounds great. Um, don't <laughs> like backing him in this spot, but uh, the Packers defense, nothing to write home about. I mean, they, they every year with this team, they act like they're going to fix it. They have, I mean, before the season started, they had like nine first round picks on that side of the ball. I'm not sure. Uh, what it's at now with the injuries, but Joe Barry just can't get this done. Um, let's see, Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, Rashawn Gary, Quay Walker, and uh, who else? Lucas Van Ness, Jair Alexander, right? Yeah, Jair Alexander. Yeah, so I, yeah, Jair Alexander. Yeah, I mean, so like we're talking like literally more than half of the players on your defense are former first round picks and the guy who's getting buried for this team being trash is Jordan Love. Maybe he's not good, but he can't, he ain't going to win this by himself. The defense is supposed to be better. The Steelers should have success against this terrible Packers uh, defense. And I think you could see TJ Watt with as banged up as that, you know, offensive line is TJ Watt just get, like, get, eat. Yes. Against Jordan Love, create like a, you know, strip sack, a tip ball, it turns into a pick six. I, I think Pittsburgh's not going to have to do a ton on offense here to come away with the win. Yeah, Steelers defense has a 9% adjusted sack rate, which is sixth highest in football. Same with you. I'm giving, I'm laying the points with the Steelers based entirely on uh, defense. RJ, what do you like? Yeah, scary laying the points with three points with the Steelers with that offense, but they have one of the best home field advantages in football. I give them three and a half for home field. So wow. I think they need to be a worse team than the Packers for this line to make sense. And I don't think they are. I think the Packers offense is going to struggle going into that environment. Um, just like they struggle every first half of every game they had an offensive explosion last week in the first half by scoring seven points <laughs> against the Rams. So um, that's better than they had been doing. Um, but it's, it's, you look back and they've had one game the all year that's gone to 20 points in the first half. And that was when Detroit scored like 27 on their own in that game. They just couldn't stop Detroit at all. This Pittsburgh team is not the Detroit offense. I can tell you that much. So I think this game is staying under 20 points. I have under 19 and a half in the first half as my best bet for this game because I want to fade both these teams. I want to fade both these offenses <laughs> right now, especially in this Steelers environment in Pittsburgh. So give me the under 19 and a half in the first half. One, one, oh, yeah, so yeah, 
One player I did want to point out who's playing very well on Pittsburgh's offense uh, is Deontay Johnson, actually. Mm -hmm. There's an ESPN next-gen stat that measures separation. He led it the league last year. It was more open more than any other wide receiver in the NFL, according to this advanced metric. And that's carried over this year as well. So uh, I agree this offense, not good. But Deontay Johnson has certainly played really well. And I think if he was on a higher-volume passing offense with an above-average quarterback, uh, he would be producing at a much higher rate. Mm, spicy. I like it. Falcons at the Cardinals. Battle of the Birds. Of course, Atlanta coming off a humiliating loss to um, you know Josh Dobbs, who like didn't know anybody on his team's name when he came in the game. And Atlanta still managed to, to give it up. Uh, Bijan Robinson fumbled in this game and then didn't see that was this week, right? He didn't see another didn't see a, another snap. I don't think um, it's clear yeah. he's in all Arthur Smith's doghouse. I, I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, Bre John Breach pointed this out in Slack, but essentially, like it was like Scott Barrett of Fantasy Points was one of the guys who did it, but a bunch of fantasy football heads have been going around like digging up like <laughs> like just like. Like, like stories about Arthur Smith's like father and like family, and, like, just like just like looking at the like like he was in, he was at um he went to Yale with uh, for like with, what purpose? No, 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 not like they're not like just like like trying to it, uncover some stuff about his. No, family? they're just so tilted by Arthur uh, Smith's use of Bijan Robinson and Cal Pitts that they're like lashing out in this <laughs> bizarre way. Um, Arthur Smith. Yeah, I actually like Arthur Smith, which is, which is odd because he went to Chapel Hill. Uh, yeah. You would think that you would think that I, I, I think around the same time I did, maybe. Uh, you know, probably a little younger, but anyway. At any rate, I also like the Falcons here, <laughs> and I was gonna like the Cardinals. And I mentioned that I thought that this line might go in the direction of Arizona. It hasn't budged. In fact, yeah. earlier today I noticed that it actually got up to uh, at Atlanta minus two, which I thought was curious. Because you would think with Kyler Murray likely to play instead of Clayton Toon, this line would go the other way. Mm -hmm. Then did a little digging, a little deep research. Little Arthur Smith family. No, not Arthur Smith related. Much more relevant to this particular game. Today is Thursday, November 9th. Tomorrow is Friday, November 10th. Wow. That's when the new Call of Duty is released. So Call of Duty is dropping. The new Call of Duty is dropping 48 hours before Kyler makes his first start. Oh, my and God. This, guy, this guy's been sitting around doing nothing, rehabbing and playing video games and waiting for November 10th, and the team decides to activate him right before the new Call of Duty drops? Like, are they trolling him? Is he going to troll them? I mean, I'm going to take the trend and fade uh, Kyler Murray. Also, like, the dude's coming back from an ACL tear that – pretty short tur turnaround time relative like and he like does so much of his damage and is so much of his like so much of his game is like speedy sprinty joystick quick twi mighty mouse quick twitch movements i don't know man this is feels like a a tough spot atlanta's got to figure something out too because the, the seat can get warm for uh mr smith if not well i didn't know about call of duty so that that really throws a wrench into what i'm thinking here i like the over it's interesting because it was 44. It's 43 and a half right now on FanDuel. You can find it at 43 um, in some spots. So definitely shop around. Kyler Murray making his return, hopefully overcoming the narrative about Call of Duty. You know, yes, I think he's going to be rusty, but he is a true dual threat uh, quarterback. And if he is healthy and ready to go, I expect more of him than what we saw Josh Dobbs do. And Josh Dobbs scored three touchdowns last week. 
He had two through the air and one rushing against Atlanta. You got James Conner, who is likely to return as well. We know that this Arizona offense moves a lot better when James Conner is in the lineup. And this will be the fifth time the Cardinals um, will be home dogs um, this year. And they've covered in three of the previous four. Now, I'm not saying they win this game or cover, but I do think that they can be competitive and remain relatively high scoring. But again, I didn't know about Call of Duty. I'm still taking this over. Yeah, I think um, you talk about Josh Dobbs being impressive that he didn't know anybody's name and he won and won that game. But nobody talks about Arthur Smith not knowing anybody on anybody on his offense's name either. <laughs> somehow he's coaching this team to what four and five. I mean, that's pretty impressive too. I should be embarrassed after losing that game. 16th in yards per play, average or better in most stats for that offense, 25th in points per game. They just cannot score points with his decision-making and how he's running that offense. The defense for Atlanta is 5th in yards per play, but Kyler would be a top-three quarterback they face. They face Detroit and Jacksonville, um, did not do great in those games, and, and Kyler would be number three if we get anything near the, the regular Kyler, which I don't think we expect to get here. Um, that's probably why the line's ticking up a little bit. Arizona's defense playing well, though. They can limit this Atlanta offense on the road, help get them the win. I'm staying away. Um, I want to know who the quarterback back is before I play if my leans to Arizona. Yeah, because it, it, it hadn't been said, said that it's going to be Kyler. Yes. Like we think it's going to be Kyler. But it could be Clayton Toon. I thought it was said. I, I think I if, if Kyler doesn't play, he's not eligible to return this season. Isn't that correct? Oh. Well, he'll, he'll be activated but not playing. Yeah, he's going to be on the active roster, and they say okay. unless he suffers a setback, he'll play. So they're leaving the door open for to clear him at the end of the week. So, so he's going to start if doesn't run into anything during the week, like, you know, a, a bad cough the day Call of Duty comes out or something. So we should expect <laughs> to see him there. <laughs> or it's like, like, like his thumbs are sore or something like that. Right. Like I'm just, I'm just saying. Blister, blister. Yeah. Bl- thumb, I, I'm just saying I wouldn't, when you, when you make that sort of statement, I wouldn't rule out a last minute. We're doing this for competitive advantages, like make you prepare for Kyler too. And then suddenly like you pull the rug out as Clayton tune. And then the line, so like if you like if you if you like the Falcons against Kyler, take the Falcons now. Yeah. Cause it that line will shoot up if it's Clayton Toon, right? I mean, what is Falcons minus five if it's Clayton Toon, RJ? Yeah, I adjusted the Falcons down to a minus four and a half um, uh, power rating team, but I think you got to make them around where the Giants would be with Clayton Toon after what we saw last week. Could not move the ball at all. It's got to be around that nine and a half negative area. So yeah, I probably adjust it four to five points in the other direction. All right, coming up, we've got to hit the rest of the Sunday slate. But first, Sunday, we can't wait for a matchup between two legendary franchises when the Packers head to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers or the Texans take on the Bengals. It all begins at noon Eastern with JB and the guys getting you set for kickoff on the NFL today. All hail Sunday. The NFL is on CBS and streaming on Paramount plus Lions and Chargers. Oh my. And the four o'clock window. We'll tell you about that game coming up next. All right, Detroit Lions laying three at the Chargers. This total 48 and a half. Um, I'm, I'm not, ta- I'm not, I don't have a best bet on this game, but I would definitely I lean the Lions here. Yeah, yeah, Brinson, that's what you're taking. Yeah, I think you're scared off by the Lions going on the road to, to the, the Ravens as three point dogs, thinking they'd win, losing to the Ravens. Ravens yeah, and the Chargers are, are totally different teams. Uh, the Chargers had 191 total yards against the Jets and still managed to win by like 20 plus points. I mean, what a joke. This Chargers offense is broken. Um, Kellen Moore versus Joe Lombardi didn't fix it. 
the defense is playing much better the last couple of weeks, but the Lions' strength is their offensive line. You're not going to see Joey Bosa getting free runs at at Jared Goff the way he got them on Zach Wilson. Weather's, it's in L.A., so weather's not a factor. And before you think about giving the Chargers any kind of home field advantage, think about how many times we've seen Lions fans flock. Like, dude, what's the weather? I mean, it's hot across the country right now because of, like, whatever ecological concerns <laughs> well i'm just saying like i mean it's 75 degrees here in north carolina and like late in like the middle of november wow. so yeah i mean like maybe maybe don't you know maybe i'm just saying it's going to be a high of 48 with wind in detroit on sunday would you rather be in 48 degree detroit raking the leaves getting yelled at by your wife or be out in Los Angeles watching Jared Goff and the Lions light up light up this Chargers pass defense that isn't that good. And I, I just think the Lions will be able to run. They're getting David Montgomery back. I think they'll be able to do a lot of stuff. Use Jameer Gibbs in the passing game. I, I, I like the Lions here to win on the road, RJ. I like them too. I took them at one and a half. I thought that line was That's dumb. Better. I think they, ha they have to be three here because the Chargers don't have a home field advantage. Detroit has the coaching advantage. And Detroit is the much better team overall. And they're likely to be healthier coming off a of bye, especially the offensive line. Had a couple guards, I think, missed the last game uh, were in question. And and now those guys should be healthy. And David Montgomery should be healthy, which should help them have a, have a more dynamic run game there. It's not all on Jameer Gibbs and uh, Craig Reynolds. You know, I think that's a big upgrade there. Uh, Chargers defense 30th in yards per pass. Detroit's offense is eighth this could be a field day for golf i'm not reading anything into the chargers defensive success the last few weeks because of who they played there chargers offense 11th in yards per play but that's after 3.4 yards per play against the jets just did not play at well at all against the jets and detroit's defense pretty solid across the board has a good secondary so i think everything points to detroit winning this game loved it when it was less than two uh less than three and at three i would still lean that way but not a best bet and I also love Detroit as well, guys. And that is not a best bet from the show, but I did put it on the site. So I'm in full agreement as far as uh, the side is concerned here. But I have a prop that I love as well. And it's Austin Eckler under 48 and a half rushing yards. Eckler has eclipsed this one time, Brinson, just in week one where he snapped off a 55-yard rush against the Dolphins. It was a very strange high-scoring game there as well. Four consecutive times he's been held under this line. Uh, he's just really not running very well between the tackles. The Chargers' offensive line is not doing him a lot of favors. Frankly, Joshua Kelly is a better, I think, early down runner. Eckler being more utilized as a receiver where he absolutely thrives, being one of the more versatile players in the NFL. And then we have Detroit's defense, which ranks the top three in literally every single defensive rushing metric. So this is just a very tough matchup for Eckler, who's just not seeing a lot of volume and has not been very effective running the football. So I think this is a great spot to fade him. I also think with uh, the injury to Joshua Palmer, we obviously know no Mike Williams as well. They're really going to need to use Eckler in the passing game in order to move the football. So I just think they're going to see limited volume. And again, it's just a brutal matchup. I think this is a great spot to fade his rushing line. Lee McNeil, baby, he's a stud against a run. And, and by the way, let's not forget, you look at the, the, the game script here. Um, Lions get a lead, and it's going to be dump off, dump off, dump off to Eckler left and right. They won't be running the football, so that is a good look for sure. The New York Giants head to Dallas for Tommy DeVito. <laughs> taking on Micah Parsons. Mm. I've never seen I've – been, I've been playing fantasy sports on CBSSports.com since 1999 that is a very long time it was cbssportsline.com back then by the way wow 
I know. Yeah. We used to, yeah. My friends still add to their head. Oh, so everything's everything going in sports line. I'm like, well, well, I don't know. RJ yells at me for not putting my picks on because I'm terrible at it. I'll do it this week. Alan, that's a promo code pick. Yeah. Use promo code pick. Get your first month for a buck. Um, But like, I've never seen a defense projected for 20 plus points. Like coming to see, because you know, like the way they do it on CBS, the scoring is like you get 20, you start at 20. Every time you, you, know, you get scored against or you get yardage piled up against, et cetera, you go down, sacks, picks, you go up. The Cowboys are projected for over 20. I've never seen that. I've been playing on this site for 25, almost 25 years and, and, play, and playing in a lot of leagues because I work here. I'm t- it is, if the Cowboys, like, I don't, I don't think, I don't see how you could take the Giants here. I just, I just don't. And Katie, you're not. And I'm not. And look, I almost never lay double digit favorites. Uh, I got this at 16 and a half for Dallas, 17 and a half. I mean, what's really the difference? Because if you look at the Giants lose by an average of 18 points this season, Dallas margin of victory over 22 points. And like you said, Tommy DeVito sucks. You know, shout out to New Jersey. Love y'all. But he has no business playing football in the National Football League. And the Cowboys absolutely demolished thrashed the G-men in week one, 40 zips. We know that they're not afraid to run up the score here. Um, And a lot of those points were based on defensive turnovers. So even if they try to protect the ball, like they have been doing and not letting DeVito throw it all, it's like the Giants just seem to find a way to drop balls and for weird snaps to happen. And, uh, and the Cowboys are going to be all over it. So 17 and a half. uh, I don't love it. Again, I got it at 16 and a half, but like, I don't know how you could take anything else. Yeah, by the way, the Giants team total is uh, 10 and a half, the under-juiced, minus 132. Jesus. Wow. Poor Giants fans. Poor Giants uh, fans. I have a best bet from this game. I want to tip the cap to Katie for opening the floodgate as far as juicy anytime touchdown props <laughs> are concerned. I'm going Tony Pollard. I'm going Tony Pollard. He's minus 145. Uh, it's been a tough season for Tony Pollard. He's been one of the least – efficient starting running backs in the NFL. But, I mean, you can't ask for potentially a better game script with the team as, you know, 17-point favorites or whatever gargantuan total we're talking about here as far as the side is concerned. Uh, It's going to be a heavy, heavy dose of Tony Pollard, in my opinion, in that week one matchup. He had two rushing touchdowns. Uh, I just think he'll be heavily featured here in a game where Dallas is going to run the football quite a bit, having lost Leonard Williams as well, trading him to uh, the Seahawks, the run defense, you know, that's obviously uh, a downgrade there. So I think Tony Pollard could potentially have a spike game or a ceiling game here. I definitely think he has a great shot He's to get due. to the end zone. He is due for sure, Brinson. Ah. So, yeah, I think I have him at like 66% likelihood of scoring a touchdown as far as my projections are concerned. So I do feel there is some value at that minus 43 number as far as implied probability is concerned. So give me Tony Pollard, anytime touchdown. I also think, like Katie mentioned with McCaffrey, worth a look as a potential ladder too. I do think he has a good chance to get multiple touchdowns as well. Ladder M up. Uh, next game. Uh, uh, RJ, do you have any uh, – Oh. I was just yeah, put me down for put me down for Cowboys money line best bet. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. I want five units on Cowboys money line best bet. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think Devito actually played that bad at last week. I know he was yeah, awful. You and before. Brian Dable. <laughs> he, he well, he had you no. Know, his first three passes, two of them were intercepted. One of them was completed. Those that was awful. But then after that, I think he was fine. I know it was all garbage time, so I'm not like reading into like he could be good. But um, you know, I I went into digging into that game expecting it to be a lot worse than it was. So couldn't they get to ten points? You know that. 
that seems like damning with faint praise if you're arguing whether you can get to 10 points, but maybe they can. But yeah, the Cowboys could outscore, you know, the the Giants in this game. And it wouldn't surprise me. The Cowboys defense could could outscore them. Uh, I was like, I was oh, like, yeah. wow, I was that's like, a hot yeah, either, <laughs> yeah. So they'll, they'll be looking to score points on their own. The they're the record for um m- biggest blowout of one team in a season is 80. Um, you know, because those divisional opponents play two games. I believe it was Philly against Arizona um, in one of those years where they were both in the NFC East. And Cowboys could be gunning for that record and take that record on their own here because they won that first game 40 nothing. And uh, if the defense gets involved, they could score 40 in this game. They might want to beat the Dolphins record this year and score the, the most points or run up the score the most. Next game, Commanders at the Seahawks. Seahawks laying six and a half. This total 44 and a half. Uh, the Seahawks money line is a part of our parlay. But RJ, you are taking the points with the Commanders. Yeah, Washington's offense with another strong game against New England. I know they only had 20 points, but 5.6 yards per play, only allowed three sacks, which is very good for them. The the changes they made to the offensive lane line are helping uh, Sam Howell, even if he is holding to the, onto the ball a little too long. But the Seahawks don't have a great pass rush, so I don't think that's going to matter in this matchup as much. Seattle's defense struggling the last two weeks. They're down to 13th in yards per play when they were ranked very high before the, this two-week stretch. Washington's run offense won't be anything like Baltimore, so that's going to help Seattle. But I don't know if they're going to be able to stop the pass because suddenly this Washington pass game looks pretty solid and pretty dynamic with a bunch of different options there. Seattle's offense also off an awful game, and Geno's confidence may be shaken. I, I've been the biggest Geno supporter coming out of last season and into this season, but he hasn't looked like the quarterback from last year these last few weeks. So uh, he he needs to get something under under uh, under wraps there. And with Pete Carroll, maybe that means getting conservative on offense a little bit. And we know that Pete Carroll mm-hmm. likes to not take as many chances against what he perceives as a bad opponent here. It should be a good bounce back if they let him cook, but against the awful Washington defense, maybe they get a little conservative here. But the key thing here is Seattle scored 24 points or less in their last five games, while Washington scored 20 plus in five of six games. This really profiles like a 24 to 20 type of game. So I think the Seahawks win, but now that the line's up to six and a half, I have Washington as a best bet. I think it's too many points to give this offense. Yeah, I, mean, I think the one thing I could I kind of like the over, but just twenty four twenty does scare me. If like if the Seahawks try to really contain it, Kenneth Walker, by the way, missed practice on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's worth monitoring too, because uh, if Walker's out, I think they would almost be forced to pass a little bit more. But Zach Charbonnet, the backup, uh, would would be a really nice option in in terms of fantasy, uh, and maybe take his receptions over total. He's a he's a nice. Uh, Nice pass catching running back out of the backfield there. All right. Jets at Raiders final game. The Jets minus one Jets get housed by the Chargers and head out to Vegas to play Antonio Pierce's crew. Total of 36 and a half overjuiced minus 115. I wouldn't have any best bets here. I do want to ask you guys this. So um, my parents are out of town. I'm running my dad's fantasy team. Hey, you're on a party? Yeah, I'm sliding around here like a – like an ancient Tom Cruise in cocktail, uh, <laughs> like, like plaid boxers and like holding bourbon instead of whatever he was drinking. Um, but the, uh, yeah, party of the princess. <laughs> I'm managing my dad's fantasy team while he's gone. Oh, uh, for this week, I have picked up the Vikings defense. I love the Vikings, what they have, you know, the matchup this week against the Saints. I mean, it could be better. They blitz like crazy. But then also the, the matchup, like the next three weeks going to the bye, that someone dropped the Jets defense. Would you grab the Jets and drop the Vikings? Because I feel I almost feel like for fantasy with bad matchups for the Vikings, like they could end up being better just because they, the um, you know what I mean? Like, like so their matchups coming up, and I realize I'm derailing. Uh, we'll be quick about this. Uh, they have the Saints, Saints, Broncos, Saints, Broncos, and Bears before the bye. Then they have the Raiders 
Uh, they also get the Packers again, but have the Lions twice. And so I don't know, man. That those three weeks are pretty handy. I go Vikings. Okay. Raiders, right. Bills, it's, Dolphins for the Jets. Yeesh. Dolphins twice for it, the Jets. In this game, I'm only really looking to the under. I think the Vegas, the Vegas offense, um, you know, had, had had their way. It was a very emotional win for them, getting rid of Josh McDaniels there. But it was a very tough matchup for them. Aiden O'Connell is still the quarterback. Zach Wilson is still the quarterback on the other side. Even if the Raiders don't have a great defense, um, this just doesn't because their offensive line is still beat up. This doesn't scream if there's going to be a ton of points in this game. Um, Jets can't pass offensively. 32nd on third down, 32nd in the red zone. This really feels like first team to 17 wins this game. So um, I, I would lean to the Raiders when the line was a little bit higher at this point I'm only looking to the under all right that is going to do it for our show today let's go ahead and recap our picks Harry throw them up on the screen Brinson walk us through what you're doing I got the Jags plus three the Ravens minus six and a half the Steelers minus three the Falcons minus one and a half and the Lions minus three as I keep throwing up five picks instead of following the name of the podcast and picking six Ooh. All right. I'm taking SF team total over 23 and a half. A McCaffrey touchdown. But again, you can ladder it with the first touchdown and anytime and two. Uh, D hop over. <laughs> Shut your mouth. If you, beat, if you beat me by one, if you beat me by one pick this year, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm filing a formal complaint with HR. You know what? Put it in the rule book if you don't want it done, is all I have to say. All right. D hop over 21 and a half uh, for his longest reception. Houston team total under 20 and a half. Pittsburgh minus three. And then the Atlanta, Arizona game over 43 and a half. And Dallas. Uh, I laid 16 and a half, not 17 and a half. Um, At one o'clock, it was 17 and a half, I think. Yes, I just want that known. Um, All right, RJ. I, I like I do every week. I pick six because I know what the name of this podcast is, and I like Ooh. to stick to it. So my six picks here are Minnesota plus three, Tennessee, Tampa Bay going over thirty-eight and a half points. In in that game, Will Levis going over two hundred twenty and a half pass yards. At Baltimore minus six and a half, the Green Bay Pittsburgh game going under nineteen and a half points in the first half, and then Washington plus six and a half. And I have Mark Andrews over forty-five and a half receiving yards. Elijah Moore under. 33 and a half receiving yards. Austin Eckler under 48 and a half rushing yards. And last but not least, we'll call this the Mox special. Hey. Tony Pollard, anytime uh-huh. touchdown. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's just for you, Brinson. That is Chunky, the show. juice bombs. All right, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> you. you know what? Hey, it is what it is. Make sure you join the Super Friends on Sunday uh, to recap. Week 10 of the NFL. Remember to like, comment, subscribe on the YouTube page if you're listening to audio only. Do the same. Download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. Good luck with your bets um, and play our parlay. It's going to hit this week. We'll see you next time.